What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the North Girls Outdoors podcast. It's going to be number 52. I am Nick Vito. Brandon. So, Timmy and Wixo. What do we got to do to get Timmy to say Timmy? I don't know. I don't Pay him. Know. You said you wouldn't ever do it, but is there anything, like, what can we, can I give you a free sweatshirt for you to start? Just calling myself that? Introducing yourself as Timmy? I don't know. All right. We'll look into that. You can think about it. Well, Mother Nature finally wants to uh, participate in what spring weather should be. Took a while. Yeah, a long time. It did, but now the grass is... seems like that grass really greened up really fast. Yeah, like four days straight rain. Yeah. We'll do that pretty quickly. And now this week is... uh, Well, before we get into that, I've got my... uh, I was joking and saying that this ice auger that's brand new in the box i got it just in time for fishing opener just in time for first ice you know well i mean you could probably <laughs> find ice somewhere if you tried hard enough <laughs> no i mainly just wanted to give uh strike master a shout out uh, a couple episodes ago if you guys remember my strike master was having issues and the shaft on the auger actually bent well i got a hold of uh, their customer service they sent me a prepaid pl- packing slip and i kind of drug my feet a little bit to to uh, send my old one back so this one was sitting at the ups store and when i brought mine in it was like six o'clock on a wednesday night or something or tuesday night whatever and it got signed in and the next day at noon this one was sitting on the porch that's pretty good pretty good shipping right there yeah and he asked me the guy goes uh i told him about what was going on he's like yeah that, that doesn't sound right uh did you register it i'm like uh no <laughs> he's like all right well make sure you register your stuff from now on but don't worry about it i'll take care of it we'll uh we'll get you a new one and there it is so i've got my i don't you could count this as my first ice fishing purchase for next year i guess it's gonna be really funny if there's something wrong with it and you don't find out for another nine months and then it's too late to do anything about it so you think i should open it up and just double probably, check you that. should probably throw that on a drill and just make sure she spins straight <laughs> Yeah, maybe I will open it. Throw an ice cube out in the yard and drill through it. Just go. Maybe they want fence posts here at the apartment. I can just go start drilling holes. <laughs> you could always try to find a utility line. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I think I'll just open it up and make sure everything is in there that's supposed to be in there. But, uh, yeah, so shout out to Strike Master. Um, well, yeah, with Mother Nature starting to play nice, and it is currently May 8th. And on May, what is that? The 13th, I believe. 13th. Yeah, the 13th is Minnesota Fishing Opener. So this episode is going to primarily be, well, it's all going to be fishing related. Uh, next week's episode, we're going to try and get uh, an update on, or a, a wrap up on our turkey season. Uh, that is still going on. That'll close this coming Sunday, the 14th. And, uh, yeah, so Minnesota fishing opener. What? Uh, I don't have anything planned. I'm gonna be out of town this week. I won't be around. Uh, our buddy Grant. Um, I borrow his boat every once in a while, and I always try and do some do something to, you know, make it, you know, even or like right for me to borrow. I'm not just gonna call the guy and bring it back when I'm taking gas and all dirty and whatnot. So I'll vacuum it out when I do borrow it, and I'll. Uh, um, I fixed a bunch of his electrical stuff that he had when he first got it. 
So this time, or this year, I bought brand new taillights because he's got some cracks in all of his taillights and they don't work all the time. So I think tomorrow I'm going to go over and help him put the taillights on and that'll be taken care of. And then his boat will be ready to rock. But what about you guys? You guys got anything? Uh... Um, I think we might go up to Wapaton and fish the otter tail. Oh, the river in town there? Yep. Down to Wapaton. Down to Wapaton. You guys, you guys, does that bother you if you're like talking to somebody and they're like, they're like, yeah, I'm going up to Bismarck. To no, I don't really notice it unless I'm the one that says it wrong, and then I usually notice it. So it does bother you only, but only when I'm the one that does it wrong. So, you, but yes, it, it does bother you, is what you're saying. Sure, I guess. Well, but apparently, it doesn't. You don't care. No, I just forget. <laughs> it's always up. That's all right. I get it. I mean, does it roll that way? Oh, here we go. <laughs> is the earth flat or round? What? Is the earth flat or round? Oh. What's well, round. round? But how how can it be round? Because it's round. Because it's a ball? This pond right outside the... There's not water dumping out the sides of it. Well, that's because there's a hole. Yeah, but if it's a hole, it's got to be flat. Are you messing with me, or are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen that debate floating around on Facebook? Or yeah, the flat earthers that are like... The flat earthers? Yeah. <laughs> they have their own, like... like uh, uh, Their clan. Their own little clan, their own little group, dist- distinguished group. They you, are something, all right? You've never heard that question. Because you're is, like... you're like re- the water just falling all over the place? Well, I can s- gravity. I can see your, your gears spinning over there. You're like, God, is it round or is it flat? Well, I was trying to figure out if you're like messing with me or if you're switching teams here. No, I, I do not believe that it's flat. Okay. But, I mean, the, some of their arguments, I mean, you got to give them credit. No, they're all really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, let's hear it. What's your reasoning? What's my reasoning for what? Why you think the Earth is round. Because we can see that it's round. There's pictures from space. You can't argue with that. <laughs> well, they can. They're, yeah, but all of the all of their arguments are really bad. They'd be like, no, oh, they're just really, really good at using Photoshop. No. These <laughs> are really bad. They'd be like, no, they're just really, really good at using Photoshop. No. <laughs> People just if like you, to say, if say you things go like high enough in a plane, you can see the curve. You can see the curve from the building in Dubai. You been Explain there? Explain that one. You been There's there? Pictures of it. <laughs> All right, Wixo likes pictures, I guess. Well, I can't afford to go to Dubai, so. Well, that's fair. That's because you got all your other stuff that you're paying for. Yep. So anyway, you're going on to to Wapton. You're going to fish the otter tail. You. uh... Well, don't like give your spot away, but do you have a spot in mind? Are you guys taking kayaks, or what do you... No, we just fish shore. We'll just offshore? Yeah. Well, that'll be good. Do we want to get into his fishing adventure from last weekend? Yeah, that's like... That's right what away? I'm, that's what I'm here for. All right, well, then we'll, we'll dabble into... Because your boat's finally done, and we haven't done... Or pretty much done, and we haven't gotten into that at all. But Timmy has actually been out fishing... Two or three times already. Just once. Or was it your brother that went out? It was my brother that went out uh, two weekends ago. And then 
Well, uh, where, where'd you go? What did you do? Because our the picture is up on the Instagram. It was uh, posted on the uh, the seventh, I believe. Yeah, sixth so or seventh. We fished the sixth. I'm pretty sure it was up yesterday. Whenever Saturday was. Yeah, so that was the seventh. Yeah, so we, we were. <clears throat> or no, Saturday was the sixth. But anyway, we fished the Rainy River on Saturday, and we were sturgeon fishing, and. It was a little slow in the morning, and then ended up catching two, one smaller and one bigger sturgeon. I just looked at it, looked it up, uh, for those wondering, because I didn't, I personally have never fished for sturgeon. I've seen them on my fishing camera or ice fishing camera when I've been fishing uh, over in Ottertail County, but uh, I just looked it up. So the harvest season for Minnesota sturgeon is April twenty fourth to May seventh. And then it opens up again July 1st to September 30th. And you were kind of talking about, uh, you were kind of talking about, like, there's a slot that they have to be for you to keep them? Yeah, I don't know the exact length, but I know it's under 50 inches. To keep them? Yeah, so. What do you do with them? I guess you can use the leather for making things. Yeah, there was a some guy left a note on the porta potty at the access, hmm. and it was just somebody asking if they caught a slot sturgeon to donate the leather to a small business, which was kind of cool. And then I've heard that smoking sturgeon is good. I was wondering that because I saw another thing today about paddlefish that you can keep paddlefish, and I was like, do you eat them? I don't. I've never heard of anybody keeping. A sturgeon or a paddlefish, but aside from keeping it to mount. So I'm looking it up right I'm now up to right see now. what North Dakota paddlefish season is. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, every year, May 1st marks the start of North Dakota's paddlefish snagging season. Provided North Dakota Game and Fish Department, Bismarck, Tribune staff, North Dakota's paddlefish snagging season is underway with the start of May. The season is scheduled to continue through May 21st. It is often closed early due to preserve the resource. So one thing that I think is cool about paddle fishing is you actually do that. You snag them. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I don't even know where you go to fish paddle fish in North I Dakota. I think either Audubon or Skakawea. Skakawea would have been my guess. I think one of those two have sturgeon in them. And then I think Skakawea has got trout in it too. What is the largest paddle fish? in north dakota take a guess the state record uh yes Uh, like 180 pounds or something 120 inches so this fish was the largest paddlefish ever taken in north dakota was 131 pounder caught by grant workmeister of williston in 2016 the fish was 71 inches long wasn't there like a minnesota one just caught like this year that could be the new state record I'm going to look it up. Minnesota paddlefish. State record. Let's see what it says here. I think this one was like 180. Or maybe that was the world record. So the Minnesota angler James Johnson caught a 118-pound 9-ounce paddlefish at Beaver Lake on August 27th to set a new paddlefish record. The... Yeah, and that's what it says here. He caught it in August of 2020. 
God, that's a big fish. And to snag it and then reel it in, that's, that'd be a fight. Yeah, I know what, like, just if you catch a 18-inch walleye and you snag it, you'd think you're pulling in a 30. Now do that for a 100-pound fish. That'd yeah. be, that's crazy. Well, God, how many times do you, uh, you catch a perch in the summer and when you reel them in, they start doing, like, the spiral thing? Oh, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, and you're this, like, oh nice, this is a nice fish, and then a it's, a, it's a 12-inch perch. <laughs> you Just know, a little guy. Yeah. But so, so what? Uh, what do you look for when you're sturgeon fishing? Like, because I, I don't know the first thing about it. Like, what are you using for bait? What's your? Are you casting Bait's and reeling? Hook, so, are you? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, well, because they're bottom feeders. Yep. So you have to. I would imagine you can't be like, like we're with a walleye. You can toss it out and you can pop it back to you. you it has to be sitting on the bottom for them to. Know, stumble upon it and slurp it up you know <laughs> i don't know oh. yeah so we went up river and found a nice hole and then set up past the hole cast it down into it and then we were anchored up and then you have like a, a number four weight and then a two foot lead line with just a circle hook and then we had a shiner and some worms so you put the shiner and the worms on it yeah is would you be able to catch them with just the shiner? Yeah. Because I've heard that you, you want to use worms. Yeah, because then you, you basically just have to pack the whole hook. So we were just... Do you leave a tail on it? Yeah. So when a sturgeon, when it bites, like, can you, can you like, is it like a tap-tap or is it just like a slow, like, oh, shit, I so just snagged? The small one felt like a snag because it... It tipped the rod, the bell went off, and then it came back, and then it just went loose, and then it felt it, it came back to tight like it was in the current, and then I was like, oh, well, maybe something hit it, so I reeled it in, and it felt like a stick on the end of the line. So that was another question I had. When you do hook into one, I'm guessing you want to be pretty aggressive with that hook set. You don't want to just kind of... No, with the circle hooks that we were using, it was like a catfish, like a big barb hook. So they just swallow it, and then as soon as you start reeling in, it just sets it in its lip. Oh, so you don't actually have to set it. No. You just reel in, and yeah, it's... You just start reeling in and enjoy the fight. Well, I suppose if they're, you know, their mouth's on the bottom, so when you start reeling in, it automatically is not going to come off the bottom. It's just going to pull up yeah. okay. jaw. What's your rod and tackle setup look like? And what, what pound test are you using for... Because what was the big one that you caught? What did you, you... You didn't actually weigh him, but you used the chart. Um, the chart said that he was about 40 or 50 to 55 pounds and he was a 40 to 45 year old fish. And then he was, he was 63, five foot or 63 inches, five foot three. Is that bigger than you? No, just about. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Not that far off. (laughs) I would have thought you would have used bigger bait or different bait. And then for the rod, we just had catfish poles. So they were heavy um, casting rods. So you're not worried about uh, your line being cut like on a pike by it hitting their teeth because they don't have no, teeth. No, they're just a sucker, basically. So is it is it kind of a pain to unhook them, or is it pretty? No, they're pretty easy. You just flip them over on his back. And yeah, except they're very awkward to carry because they're like so long, and then the heavy part is like it, the first two feet of their head. So is there anything on them like like what what is their defense like? Do, do they have like there stickers are, or their whole top half is like scales with like little jagged 
like backbone. But not to the point where if you touch one, you're gonna stab yourself and like. They're kind of sharp, but they. I mean, if you stepped on it, I guess it probably cut you, but not with it touching it. So how old was the the smaller one? Mm, I don't think we did anything for. We didn't measure the girth on his or what would, what body. Would, what would your guess be as far as what do you think he weighed? Twenty. Yeah, he's probably twenty pounds. Those are cool pictures. I liked the uh, the video that you sent me when the one just like it was like a whale swimming away. <laughs> yeah, because when we caught the little one, that was right away in the morning, <coughs> and like I said, it just like went loose, and then I reeled it in, and it was like pulling a stick up. Hmm. And then it came up, and I'm like, oh, it's a sturgeon. It was just a little guy. That was a 35-inch. And then later in the evening, when the big one hit, um, the rod just bent over, and then it like kept ringing the bell. And I got him up to the boat the first time, and he circled the boat in the back, and then we reeled in one of the anchors so he didn't line up in it. And then he just took off. And... I think I got him back and forth to the boat three or four times before he was tired. So how long of a fight was that? Five minutes. Freeze. Like, I don't know. There's a guy at work that uh, was talking to us today, and he said when they go fishing and they got three or four guys in the boat, cause, and what he said makes sense. He said when, when you're sitting out there and you're fishing and, and, and uh, you got four or five guys in the boat and you hook up to a sturgeon, you got to – you know, everybody else has to reel their lines in, and you could fight that fish for up to two or three, four hours. Yeah, they're sometimes they have a lot of energy, and sometimes they fight for a little bit. And then so he said, "What he does is he can tell when he hooks into one, and he just cuts his line." Really? I'd reel it in. That was so fun. I was gonna say, I, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I mean, if you're out with four or five other guys, you don't want them to have to sit. If it were me, I'd be like, I'll put my rod down and sit he, here. He must not be fishing for sturgeon, obviously. No, I think they're walleye fishing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not cutting my line for that. I'm going to catch one. <laughs> yeah, and we went when it was just sturgeon. So the accesses weren't, like, busy, like, the walleye season up in the rainy. So Is their the season rainy, the same? No, the, the rainy if closed March a couple weeks ago. 7th. Because it's, it's open for a little bit in the spring when uh, yeah, it's like the when first, everything, everywhere else is closed. But. First or second weekend in April till like, the first weekend in March. Uh, rainy River walleye season is March 1st through April 14th. I just looked it up. Hmm. So, does do they open again? Like, now on fishing opener, are they going to be open the entire season? The rainy, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think... The state Minnesota state record sturgeon is. For Would you say your weight was inches or weight? Uh, all I have is inches. Okay, how long was yours? Sixty-three. Um, I'll go eighty-seven. I was gonna say it's it's gonna be like pushing ninety. Hold on. What? So what? It, what was it? The sturgeon weight? Yeah, like the age and weight chart. Sturgeon weight chart. Okay. Okay, I'm going to just pull this first one up. I don't know how accurate it's going to be. Oh, actually. Yeah, so that'll work. So, what were you guys' guesses? 87. I'm thinking 90. What was the one that you caught? 63. 63. The state record is 78. 
78. Okay. Because there's one guy at the the Axis that was packing up right when we were, and he said he caught a 72 last year, and he said that was a fight. So they have 77 and 79. So judging by the weights, a 77 is a 137-pound fish. A 79 is a 148-pound fish. So I would guess a 78 would be right around that 143, 144. God, that's got to be pushing. And yours was a 63? Yep. So a 63, yours should have weighed about 74 pounds. Well. I don't know if this chart's accurate or not. I mean, it was heavy. Man, that thing would be old. What other state records should we look up since we're on top here? We should look up the Montana Lake Sturgeon record. Because I know they get really big up there. Mm -hmm. Montana State. Montana Lake Sturgeon record. Um, Oh, God, they have... Those have got to be like 80s plus. Okay, let me try this again. Montana state record sturgeon. You know, I was just thinking this year, like I should probably get get a musky rod and start fishing for musky and try to catch something big, and then he shows up with a sturgeon that's just like another foot and a half <laughs> longer. Gosh, dang it. So any guesses on the Montana? State record for sturgeon? Weight wise? I got I got weight and length here. I'll go eighty seven inches again. This if this helps you at all, it was caught in two thousand one. Thanks. Doesn't help at all. Unless it's two thousand and one inches, it doesn't help. Eighty three. You're both high. Oh really? Hmm. Seventy eight? Seventy nine? Do not cut him by one. <laughs> I did it anyway. Seventy nine? Yep. Seventy five. Really? 96 pounds. Huh. And that, that was, it, it was a, a white sturgeon caught, wait, I lied. This was caught in 1968. It was a 75-inch 70, long, 96-pound white sturgeon caught in 1968. Hmm. I could have swore they were catching big ones up there. What's the, uh, anybody know the Minnesota Walleye State record that you got to beat on Saturday when you go out for opener? It's got to be like 33 inches. Minnesota state record walleye. I can promise you I will not. That fish does not exist in any of the lakes that I would consider going to for opening weekend. Yeah. I don't have a length on it. It's just 17 pounds, 8 ounces. Yeah, so you're... you're yeah, the thing looks like a freaking... Well over 30 inches. Football. Looks like a lake trout. Yeah, yeah massive. So what got you into sturgeon fishing? What? Because it's a, it's one of those things. It's like I've always wanted to do it. Like I say, oh god, that'd be fun. But I, I've never done My it. My brother. Your brother? Yeah. Colin. Mm-hmm. Should we call him out? For what? I don't think he likes any of us when he comes up to Devil's Lake. I think that's just him. Does he listen to this podcast? No. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he didn't even keep the sticker I gave him. He gave it to Timmy. Yeah. So now I have two. What about what's the other guy's name? Caleb. Caleb. Did he keep his sticker? Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. You the man. Does he listen? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We'll take right. a maybe. Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Caleb. <laughs> and a shout out to Colin, I guess. Unfortunately. Come on, man. Give us a chance next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not that bad of guys. 
Mostly. Well, Mike, yeah. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I know Mike listens, so he'll text me. He'll, he'll, like, he'll get that one. He'll get that one, and he'll say something. But, uh, <sighs> well. You guys tend to fish for all this stuff that yeah, you, would they, not be the first thing that, that nobody you think else of. fishes for. Yep, I don't know. It's much. just fun catching, like, stuff that isn't a highly targeted fish. Well, you got to think, like, it, it almost makes it. Not easier, but kind of easier because you're not you don't have competition. Like the structure that you want to look for for lake trout is, is not where a walleye is going to be. Maybe so. a, maybe kind of similar, but not exactly not where a walleye is going to hang out. So you're probably that guy that uh, everybody goes. I wonder what he knows. Why is he sitting way out there and he's not even? They're not even right. fishing for the same thing. Yeah, they, they quit fishing to look at their their GPS and like, what the hell is he doing? Uh, is there some point hmm. I can't see on? No, why map? is he sitting at sixty feet? And then he leaves. They're going to leave and go try a 60-foot spot and not catch anything. Yep. <laughs> that guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I could tell, like, half the boats that drove past us going up up the river, they could tell I was when I was reeling in that bigger one, they were all honking their horns because they could see my rod tipped over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited to get out on the boat. I'm... I'm going to either end up borrowing Wixo's boat or borrowing Grant's boat, one of the two, because I don't have one. And they're, I don't think I can get the ice castle out anymore. Maybe. Mm, I bet if you drive fast enough, you could make it a little ways. You go up to, like, northern Canada. Yeah. Alaska's probably still got some ice. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but we're hoping to, we're hoping to hit uh, Leech Lake at least two or three times this summer. I did see it's open now. should be totally open, it sounded like. Yeah, I, th- I just saw a post today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, Devil's Lake has a little bit of ice, maybe like 10 or 20 feet of ice left on the shores of Creel Bay. I was I heard on, what, Friday morning there were guys catching their limits by an hour after sunup from the bridges. Our buddy Peyton uh, lived all in. He's the, he comes out to Devil's Lake. He didn't make it on podcast, but... Uh, used to work with us um he was sending or putting snapchat videos on his story of him releasing a whole bunch of walleyes just one after another i think that'd be that'd be a fun trip to do in the spring sometime because and and leading into that i think opener is going to be a little bit different in minnesota this year i think it's going to be i mean usually it's shallow but i think it's going to be definitely shallow this year and you're going to want to target the mouths of, of uh, rivers and, and streams and inlets and stuff like that just because of how late the ice off was. I mean, there's still lakes out there that are they, they've still got chunks floating around on them. Yeah, last weekend we were marking 43 out on the main lake and 40, almost 47 uh, in some of the shallow bays and pockets. So... You finished, mostly finished, your setup of your boat. Yes. Waiting on you... a couple parts that should hopefully be here the, the week following opener, but we'll see. Shipping from Canada, so. And we're going to put a YouTube video out on this once that stuff gets in and we actually get it finished. Yep, that should be the last but part. But can you give the like a, a rundown of what you've got and how you've got it all set up, just for guys that are maybe looking at getting more screens or like how you have all yours wired 
like go all, all the way from the battery to the unit, the transducers, linking them, every, take us through everything that you've got going on just in case there's somebody out there that's going, God, how I want, they have a vision in their head, but I can't, I, like how, how do I do it? Uh, so at the back, I have just a 12-volt uh, lead-acid battery that runs, currently runs my big motor uh, accessories and then my two helix screens on the dash. Uh, on, the, on the dash, I have a Helix 7 uh, that I use specifically for mapping. That's the only thing that ever runs off of it. And then I have a Helix 10 that I use for all of my imaging. Those two are linked together with the Humminbird networking five-port hub. And then I have a uh, Minn Kota Altera what, 70 or 80-pound 24-volt trolling motor. Uh, on the front that is linked to both of those screens so I can use the iPilot, the link, spot lock, follow the contour, go to waypoint, all of that fun stuff uh, without having to ever leave. I, I very rarely leave the back of the boat. Uh, when I first got it, I had one screen on the console and one on the front and I never used the one on the front so that, that got moved to back to the console one. just for mapping and then it eventually got moved into my ice fishing it did, kit. It, it did get sold because i did not get a networking one so that was kind of an issue um batteries i just switched to two 12 volt lithium batteries for the trolling motor and a, what brand did you go with they are lead time from amazon because i don't have a thousand dollars a piece for batteries and yeah you do you just don't want to spend it on yeah them. well that's true <laughs> um i think that battery pricing is just a little oh, ridiculous man it it's is just, crazy i mean it's cool like dakota lithium's what 11 year warranty so two two years ago i did order dakota lithiums um after a month and a half of not getting any updates and sending out two emails i canceled the order don't don't know what that was about. Um, so what what uh, if you don't mind me asking, what was the price of these? What do you say, Lee Town? Lee Time. Lee Time. It's L I T I M E, I believe, on Amazon. Uh, I paid, I paid three fifty a piece from their actual website, just because they at the time of buying they were running like a twenty or thirty dollars off from their website. What amp hour did you go with? Hundred there each 100 amp hours and then i had to buy a new uh, battery charger because the one i had before was not it was older so it did not support uh, lithium batteries so i went with a noco three bank 10 amp charger that will do my lithiums so that is currently hooked up to all three batteries uh, my future plan is to use that just on use all three banks on my starting battery and then get a it's called a run and gun charger from powerhouse lithium that you would you hook up one side to your cranking battery and then the other side goes to um, goes up to your trolling motor batteries so it'll charge it from the one plug-in from the charger and then it'll also charge your batteries once your cranking battery is over 80 percent while running off the big motor so if you, you know, if you kill your trolling motor batteries after 
two days of fishing you just start your big motor go run around for half an hour and it'll give you a little bit of charge onto your trolling motors that's cool that'll be uh that'll probably be the next step but for now i'm uh i'm i'm curious to see how long these lithium batteries last because i I walked over to the beer fridge did you mention your live scope not yet sorry spoiler alert um i think i well everybody knows i've said it a few times that i have one but um, I'm curious to see how long these batteries last because I troll quite a bit, or at least I used to. Uh, that might change this year with the introduction of live scope, but I usually do a lot of trolling and I could kill two, uh, a, a set of 31 series batteries in a day with, with some time to spare. So I, I'm curious to see how long these last and if they'll last me a full day of trolling in the wind and all that fun stuff. And then uh, this winter, I picked up a Garmin LiveScope system that came on the whole ice pack and everything, so it's all a standalone unit, and I'm going to run it as a standalone unit, at least for one season, so I can kind of figure out where I like it in the boat, where I want to position it, and take it into other boats if, uh, if I go with somebody else or somebody wants to use it or, you know, have that option to be able to move it around and try a few different things, and that's uh the 93 sv screen so it's a nine inch screen running the lvs 34 with a 30 amp uh what's the shields one amped outdoors that's the one 30 they have amped and then they have they carry markham as well yep so i have the 30 amp amped outdoors so for for this season at least you're not gonna wire that in to have battery power to it you're just going to use the battery that's in the unit correct yep the 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 battery in it's going to last it lasted me well over a day and then some so i'm not worried about it running out and i just put it in sleep mode when i'm moving spots or whatever and then you don't have to worry about interference or well that and then the one advantage that you have like you just said you can move it around in the boat yep and you don't have to worry about uh you know like god i want to go stand up in the front but the live scope's mounted by the council yep i mean you could run another plug or you know another power cord and just have it up there which maybe eventually that's what you'll do so if you pick two spots where you want it you can have a power cord at each one just like the head units of the hummingbirds yep pretty much actually have wires ran to the front of the boat for a head unit on a hummingbird that i do not have because that's where that's where it came, and I just left the wires up there in case of... We could probably work something out. I've got one with... It's not going to be fancy enough to link, but... Uh, I know. I know exactly which one it is. Actually, you know what we could do? Cameraman Cubby wants to buy one. So I could sell him mine, and then you and I can go have these on a G3 or a G4 or whatever. Yes. Yeah, so and then you use it You, you use it in the summer, <laughs> and I use it in the winter. Yeah, might be an option. We'll have to look into that. They're uh they're on sale last last weekend. Not a terrible deal. Garmin was still cheaper, but yeah. I like those hummingbirds though. They're so let's get let's get into that topic for a second. Uh electronics. Whether we're we're obviously past ice season. Um right now I guess you could say we're in the very, very, very early stages of planning for for next ice season, but we're not. We're we're planning for open water season here, but uh what are your guys' preferred, so I guess we'll single it out to open water or on a boat or kayak or what have you. 
what are your guys' favorite units or your brand of sonar? Uh, well, I got to say I'm partial to Humminbird because that's all I've used in a boat up until last weekend. Uh, but I will say I really enjoy uh, Garmin being a touchscreen for a reasonable price yeah. and everything working well because it is much easier to uh, point out a waypoint and change the icon and label it and all that stuff being able to just use a touch screen than it is scrolling around aren't the new hummingbirds like the solex aren't those touch screen they have been for a while um i've heard some things about the processors not being quite up to par because isn't you know? the correct me if i'm wrong but i believe the solex is in like what's actually mounted in the dash on those newer bass boats yeah some of them some of them yeah you can get whatever you want but a lot brands. of guys they go with that but uh, I have looked into those, maybe switching out, switching out the seven inch on my dash for like a nine inch or ten inch Solix, and then having that as my imaging and the ten inch as my mapping. But um, so I'm not. So, well, we'll finish our roundtable here. What's your if you had to pick a, a a brand of electronics for? I've never used Hummingbird, but I've used like the early, not this new new. Lawrence, but like the last gen model and the system is just so hard to like go through and the menu suck but i really like my i got a garmin um uhd and i think it's probably one of the best units i've used i i'm partial to hummingbird and that's just because that's i i used to have an old Lawrence on my old boat and just like what what jared just said the the I'm sure once you learn how to use it, and there's probably guys out there with Lawrence right now that are going, you guys are idiots. But well, the new the new elites are actually, um, Caleb bought a one of those newer elites. Oh, there's Caleb again. Shout out, buddy. Yep, and uh, he likes it. It's got really good mapping. He's got it on his Ranger, and he likes it. I've heard that that the the older Lawrences were absolutely terrible for usability, but the new ones are sw- significantly better. They you know they really cleaned that up, which. When you look at the other brands, you have to. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to compete. But I have heard some pretty good things about them now. So I'm not super familiar with the Solex compared to the Helix. But what do you guys know what some of the differences slash advantages would be to go with the Solex? Other than you, obviously, you have the bigger screen. Well, screen sizes don't really change. You can get, I believe you can get the same screen screen sizes in the Helix and Solix. The only one you can go bigger is when you go into the Apex. Um, the biggest difference being touchscreen and uh, image quality. It's a higher pixel screen. And then the processor is a little faster. Yeah, so. I was going to say, like the image processing would be a lot faster. It'd refresh here. On the Solix. Yes. Yeah, you get your... Your so your your three main advantages are a faster processor, a touch screen, and a better higher image. quality imaging. Yep. Okay. I think it'd be cool to get a get a Solex and mount it on a kayak. Yeah. If guys do it. I'm sure. I'm sure you can go on YouTube and find it. Yeah. They're, uh, they're twelve thousand dollar kayaks and. Yeah. They're they're fairly similar in price range though to the Helixes when you're going screen size for screen size. It's, I'm gonna yeah. mount it on my two hundred and fifty dollar kayak. The, might be the only the one. The screen's more expensive. The screen is like four times as expensive as the kayak. 
<laughs> I am curious. I wish I came a little more prepared because the Garmin screen that I have came with maps downloaded. I forget. They have a couple different types that you can get. I forget which one exactly I have. But I'm curious to see how the two compare. The Humminbird Lake Master chip that I have versus the... Uh, Navionics. The, yeah. yeah. The, the mapping system that's downloaded onto the Garmin and... That will be kind of cool because you'll be able to set the, excuse me, you'll be able to set your Garmin right next to your Helix, so yeah, they will GP, be the, the pin will literally be in the exact same spot, so you'll be able to switch over to that map, zoom in so you can see, I mean, you'll be able to check it at the 10, like 10, 20, 30 feet, or you can go all the way into where it changes by the foot, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to see, because I know I've used the the uh, helix and i've compared it to the navionics app on my phone and they vary five to eight feet yeah yeah i think the one on your phone is uh it's good for very basic stuff but it is no competition to the stuff that you have to buy like the lake master chips that you buy but but then again i suppose one thing that plays a factor in that is like say like every year every lake i go to before I actually start looking for a spot, I drill a hole and check it and adjust my offset to make yeah. the map match what the uh, what the digital or the depth readout is on the unit. So I suppose that could be... I wonder if that's... Can you do that on the Navionics app? Uh, I believe be. you can if you pay for it. I'll okay. just have the free version to look yep. at whenever. But um, one other thing that my Garmin does that my Hummingbird can do but does not do currently is I can set custom highlighting for whatever depth ranges I want for as many as I want. Yeah. I'm still getting used to my hummingbird because I switched it because you and I were out on a lake over in Ottertail County ice fishing this past winter and you had your unit and I had mine and we're looking at the exact same thing, but our color highlights were like completely backwards of each other. So I'm like, hey, look look at this dark blue over here. And he's like, you dumbass. Like, I'm looking at it. That is not, what are you looking at? <laughs> so I went through and switched it all to to, to that. And it, it, it is kind of cool to, you know, you can set your, because what do we have them set at? The the red is like five foot and under. Yeah. Or something like whatever. that. Wh- whatever. Whatever. It I, I change it depending on season. So like now with it being spring, fish are shallow, I set that. Uh, currently I have it set. So my eight foot in is red. And then my like nine to 11 feet is, uh, my green highlight. So I can kind of see that shallow areas that I'm looking for. And, uh, the nice part about the Garmin is I can set, I could set like one foot to 11 foot as 11 different colors if you wanted, and you can make it up as you go. Um, with Humminbird, you can do that. If you have a uh, Gen Gen three unit or newer, and you get the uh, the Lake Master Premium chip, and then do all the updates, that is something you can do. Garmin, you don't have to pay for the chip to do that. Granted, the unit did come with it, so I'm sure I paid for it at some point. But right, do you have to plug those Garmin's in? Like, say you want it, or can you? Is there like an SD card? You, they have the maps downloaded on them. So, like uh, for the hummingbirds, you can pop out the Lake Master chip and update it, which I've never done. But do you guys do that, or how often do you guys go through and actually update all of your chips, 
or your your units. Like if the Garmin doesn't have a chip, the it does have a slot, so you can um, download updates onto an SD card, put that in, and then update your units, same as you would for Humminbird. I have not done it for any of them. Um, seems like a lot of people complain about it changing, and it's worked for me for the last six years. So you haven't updated it in six years. I have never updated my hummingbirds. I haven't either. And it's like that. That's where to me that because uh, I mean, really, if you think about it, say you're out on um, on a lake. I don't even. I don't even. Well, let's just say Otter Tail Lake, for example. And you're driving along and you see a 20-foot hole. Okay. Why should I have to update my... Well, you're not updating your mapping. You're updating the software on the unit itself. Yeah. So to update your mapping, you would have to buy a new mapping chip. Okay. I thought that you were, I thought it was mapping updates that you could no, do. No, it's, it's like a software. Yeah, it's, it's all their so software like, stuff and fixing bugs. If there's like anything different with like the software update for like live scope like anything with clarity and different refreshes and stuff like that they'll do it on the update and it'll fix the little things that people well now i feel like an idiot (laughs) but what i where i was going with that is there's a 20 foot hole here from year in and year out what's gonna happen that that 20 foot hole is no longer gonna be there yeah probably not nothing i mean the obviously the change in the water depth is probably going to do something, you know, but that's not going to get rid of that hole, you know. It's right. gonna, it's gonna still be there, but I think it's on anything how each manufacturer does any of their charting throughout the U.S. for any changes, I guess. Have you guys? Well, Wixa, you're probably the only one that has it. Well, maybe you do too. The where you can graph your own map yeah have you ever done that i've done it on one lake that did not have any map um it seemed to work really well i didn't spend the time to do you know like the a very large portion of the lake but um it it was cool it worked so it literally just scans it in and makes it so it has a contour map it'll chart like half the lake if you fish half the lake that's cool I, i think you can buy different sd cards to get more space so if you really had if you lived on a lake that was not mapped or not maybe not even mapped well like it was mapped but it just wasn't very clear you can do that and it'll give you a, a very detailed map especially if you start going over at crisscross i mean you can get that thing down to so there's no rhyme or reason on how you have to drive over it you can literally just sit there and do Wherever circles if you, you want yeah, wherever you go, it just makes a path right behind you. Well, that's cool that it's not like directional or di- directionally ori- orientated. Yeah, so like you you're not having to push a button when you go east and nope. then pause it when you shoot back to the west and then run east again. Nope, it just uses uh, your side imaging and down imaging to create a map at the bottom. <clears throat> so do you guys have any uh, any big fishing trips planned for this summer as far as a, a, what I would call a destination lake? I do not. Uh, I don't as of now. My summer's been going to be pretty tight, at least for the beginning here. Um, I do have, we did take the week of the 4th of July off. We're going to basically spend 10 days at the lake, so I'm hoping to get a lot of fishing in then. Um, Otherwise, it'll be 
opener, and then after June that I'll be able to get back out there. I guess I want to hit Leech, but that's not really a destination like for me because my... Not my, when you live there. No, our summer spot is about 20 minutes away from there. So, you got anything? Um, uh, I think this year we're going to try fishing for some muskie. And then, um, you know, the luck that you have with sturgeon and lake trout, there's no reason why you can't go catch muskie too. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, you're you're gonna be like the the team North Bros fishing specialist. And then uh, odd fishing specialist. I'd like to get up to like yeah, Montana or Colorado and go fishing again. Is Montana where Fort Peck is? Yes. Is that on your list of, or are you going somewhere else in Montana? I don't know. Don't know. I'm just gonna find a spot. You know what I want to do in Montana is that Lake Cascade. Uh, jumbo perch fishing where the perch are as big as walleyes that we catch around here like footballs just massive like if you if you think you've ever caught a big one at devil's lake that would be a small one in that lake we could we could we could make a trip out there there's been some talk about uh us adding another fishing or north bros fishing trip Obviously, our Devil's Lake one's never going to go away, but we might, uh, in this trip, would probably be a smaller group. It wouldn't be as many people, but uh, we were kind of thinking, you know, Lake of the Woods or Sakakawea or something, somewhere where none of us have, well, maybe a few of us have been there, but I think that'd be kind of fun to get a group of guys together. and you should get your passports. We I was to, just going to say it. We go to if, ca- we're gonna do, uh, if we're going to do a second one, I think Winnipeg's got to be pushed on top of that list. Or like Lake would, Manitoba, that'd be really fun. I would love to go to any event. I want to go to Manitoba and to Winnipeg at some point in my life. Those are kind of kind of like bucket list fishing trips for me. Um, but you know, I just thought of something else. We could we could do a because uh, we do a North Bros four wheeling weekend where we all go trail riding and stuff. Why don't we do a North Bros fishing summer fishing weekend? Probably because we don't have the number of boats. To yeah, I was do gonna it. say we don't have enough boats. That's, that makes sense. All two of our boats. Yeah, you and Grant are the only ones that are. You guys better buy some bigger boats. Yeah. <laughs> there, the you know the the options for what we could do are are really endless. It's kind of whatever we want to limit ourselves to. And eventually, I'm gonna get a boat. I'll I'll have one eventually, but it'll be a while before then. Um, Make sure you get a yacht to fit us all when you do that. <laughs> yeah. Any uh, any update on the four-wheeler situation? Nope, got a wedding to pay for still, so I actually haven't even taken the motorcycle out of storage yet. It's still up at the farm. Um, we went up, and when we went up and pulled the boat out, it was we actually got hailed on. Fun fact, my, uh, my boat actually popped off the hitch on the way back for the first time. I had that happen. Uh, chain caught it and everything just like you're supposed to that's scary you know you're not supposed to test those chains yeah well i did what did you do just forget to lock the tongue down i think or? i think i forgot to put the pin in when i locked it because i had i pulled it out and then i unhooked it to uh, move some other stuff hooked it back up and pulled forward and then i ended up unhooking it again to put some other stuff uh, that we were bringing back in the back of my truck and that I, I must have not i remember latching it but I don't remember putting the pin in, so I'm, I'm assuming that I did not put the pin in, and we hit uh, quite the pothole going down mm-hmm. the highway, and I just remember looking in the rear view mirror thinking um, the nose of my boat is oddly high, and then it was oddly low. 
So what what happened then? Were you just able to put the jack down, jack her up, hook her back up? Um, the way you I had my brother and future brother-in-law with, and we just picked up the tongue and set it back on the hitch. It's a pretty light boat, so it wasn't really an issue. Oh, so nothing got damaged. Or no, anything? you would never have known. I mean, did you have an audience where people like? Uh, not no. Like there's one guy behind us that passed us, but it was <laughs> just a highway. He, he didn't think to flash his lights at you, and you're. Well, it was pretty obvious when the trailer behind me was swaying, and I had I had my hazards immediately. So, because it was a it was just a small two lane highway, so you got pretty lucky there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was not something I want to do a second time, but. Yeah, no, you're the you're the first person that I've personally known that has decided to test their safety chains. Well, I didn't try to do it. It just happened. <laughs> it's kind of happened. Yeah, it's one of those things. Kind of forgot how to boat. Good thing they're there. Yeah, now you know that they work. Turns out, uh, always cross your chains and tighten them up so they're not basically dragging on the ground. Because when you need them, you really need them. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be paranoid about every time I hook up a trailer. I'm gonna think of Wixell and be like, right, you know, I that was me for forever. Like, you park at the boat launch, you go out, you go fishing, come back, um, put the boat back on and pull out. Before I leave, I always check because I'm always like, what if somebody just thinks they're funny and just flips that tongue up? You don't even think to look at it, you know? Fuck. See? Oh, now you're gonna be doing it too. You like, know what, the the, the you things know? that people do. That they think that they're funny. It doesn't Someone just walks through a either. parking lot and flips, flip, hits the button, or not even on purpose, like a little kid is running playing around and playing, you know, hitting, hitting stuff, and hits that latch, and you, it was latched when you got there. Why would you have? Why would you think to? Check you wouldn't. It? I've, ne- I've actually I, once I hook a trailer up and make sure it's connected. I've never, never look at it again. I've never looked at it again. Whenever, I've always done that. I've whenever you get really, really rich and your hundred thousand dollar Ranger boat goes sliding down the interstate, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be thinking about this moment. Yep. Yeah, you remember episode fifty-two of the podcast? We touched on that. When right I told at the you end. to make, I always check it. So <laughs> I've, I've always checked it, and then the one time that I didn't do it, she popped off. So hmm. we could make a new segment. We could do. Uh, uh, North Bros safety tip of the week. Yeah, cross your chains and tighten them up. Here's your tip. We can don't also, forget the pin. Don't we, forget the pin. We could also have another segment that Jared and I talked about today. What what were we gonna call it? We we're gonna uh, just random questions. Oh, like a Q and A. Yeah, like a podcast. like a weekly Q and A. Like we just each of us we can take a couple minutes and just ask like pretty much just rapid fire random questions and then we do a round table to answer them and it doesn't have to be related to what we talked about at all okay so i'm gonna put you on the spot we're gonna go round table everybody gets to ask one question and everybody has to answer <coughs> oh, geez. And we're gonna, we're gonna, i don't have a question either well that, that it, it's completely random okay it can be anything would you rather or You're up. Oh, I thought you were going to ask the question. Yeah, oh, you want me to ask the question? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. You're going, you're going fishing to a lake that you got to drive two to three hours to get to. You get to the lake, and you realize that you forgot to charge your trolling motor batteries the night before, and it's windy. What do you do? Do you stay and fish? Do you get pissed off and just turn around and go home 
Well, I'm definitely getting pissed off, but uh, <laughs> I do have an anchor in my boat and a rope that I keep at all times. So I'm if I drove two hours, I'm not going home. And um, then I'm buying that running gun charger the next day. <laughs> you're ordering it on Amazon on your drive yeah, home. <laughs> put 100 miles on your boat just to charge your trolling motor. Um, I'd probably be pretty angry and then probably just motor troll for the rest of the day. Then you're uh, then you're musky trolling. I feel like yeah. I'd be so mad that I would just go home. I would go just do something. Pack else. up, and go home. Yep, I wouldn't. Even, I'd be so mad. All right, look. So you're up. All right, we'll keep on the theme of fishing since that's all we've talked about. Um, you're going to a new lake tomorrow. What's the first thing you do the night before? Plug in your trolling motor batteries. <laughs> Um, that and probably look at some contour maps. Yeah, I'd probably study the lake and then make sure I have all my tackle, my rods, everything that I need, life jacket, everything. Double check the boat. So I'm not the only one that um, packs the boat, goes out on the trip, comes back, makes sure everything's still packed, and then packs it again that Friday before I leave. No, that ain't weird. Cause I, uh, why? Because I have nothing else to do. Yeah, it's like those late night trips where you're supposed to just get your rest in, and then you're sp- spending the rest of the night till like midnight. Pull out all your tackle boxes. Midnight minimum. Yeah, one a.m. Just putting the boat That's together. That's how the Devil's Lake trip works every single year for me. It's like, all right, I'm I'm actually good this year. I got all my gear packed. No, we're still up till one, two a.m. Making sure everything is ready to go. Okay, right. so am I the only one then that will? Uh, I'll buy tackle, put it in, organize the whole thing. Go out, not use that tackle, and then come back buy and then go tackle. buy more tackle. <laughs> nope, that's normal. <laughs> and then use the same, like, ten lures that I use every time because I know that they work and I know I have confidence in them, but I got to buy the other stuff because, well, you got to have all the colors, right? Well, that makes me think of uh, Jacob, our buddy, my other, yep. my co-host Jacob. He, he'll go out to Shields and he'll buy, I swear he does it every time he's at Shields, he'll drop 50 75 bucks on tackle and then he'll leave it in the shields bag and he'll put it somewhere in his ice house or his wheelhouse or his portable or whatever and then he'll repeat this and eventually he's got like five shields bags full of tackle and he finds them all at once and unopened it's unopened and he he's like god i just bought this you know i at least like open it all up and organize it and then just don't use it and go buy more can still use the same stuff that i always do but yeah, that's the thing. I like buy like five, six lures, and then you just use the stuff that's been sitting in your tackle box the whole time. The, the bag of plastics next to the tote full of plastics <laughs> that I use. Because you needed the one color that you ran out of. Yeah, right. but I, I use like, I would say I use four to five uh, different plastic baits, but I have a tote full and another bag full that are in the boat, but... Which half of those would probably work better than the one that yeah, you like could, using? Yeah, they could, but I just I use the same ones, use the same colors. Yeah, it's like ripping wraps. Like you buy a ribbon wrap, and you're like, well, I just spent eight dollars on that. Maybe I'm not gonna throw it today. Yep. <laughs> Devil's I, Lake. Nope, that can stay in the boat. More upset to lose it than to, to use it. Yeah. All right, you're up. So this can be ice fishing or summer fishing. Yep. Just it, it can be anything. Okay. Doesn't have to be. Fishing. No, this this will be applied to both of them. What's your one essential item that you bring, no matter if it's a long day, 
half a day. You can pick summer or winter fishing. Do I have to just give one, or can I give a couple? You can give a couple essential right, beer, snacks, a good players. Like I have a good players in my ice fishing gear and my my uh, tackle box that comes with me in the boat, but a good players you got. And then one other thing that I don't actually bring with when I go in the boat, but I should. I really like those bump boards. Yep. Yep. Um. I'm going to go electronics, mapping. If I don't have maps, I feel like I'm just standing out in the ocean. Doing nothing. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just, I it's might like as well. you're standing in the middle of a parking lot naked. Nope, not nope. like that at all. <laughs> um, and then there's, there's a, a couple lures that, you know, it obviously ice fishing is my, a couple ice fishing lures in summer is a couple summer lures that I have in the boat, no matter what, um, whether I'm, bass fishing walleye fishing even if i go perch fishing i'll still bring them just just because the ones that you know whether they work every time or not i still think they're gonna work every time hmm. those I always come with too all right i've got one more question to round it out what is one thing that would absolutely ruin whether you're going 20 miles outside of town to go fishing or you're going three hours to go fishing what is one thing that would ruin your fishing trip before it even gets started i hook the boat up and as i'm pulling it out of the garage it starts to rain i was gonna say the weather is really like a down player i do not like fishing in the in the rain in the wind like this saturday it was so windy it was miserable I was gonna say, forget, but it was worth it. Either for, yeah, it looked, looked like a lot of fun. I was gonna say either forgetting or breaking one of your rods. Yeah, that would also be a pretty bad day. Like, who's that guy? Who's that old time fishing guy that used to have his own show? He's got a bunch of bloopers out on Instagram, where he like he'll sl- accidentally slant. You guys know who I'm talking? I know about. Who you're talking yeah, the about bash, like, the bass. Yeah, guy. the bass guy. Or like like he's got videos where he'll he'll like, and I don't I don't know if maybe it's planned, but he like he'll shut up. Uh, fishing pole in the box of his pickup or he goes slam to, that tailgate or he goes to pass up. pass the 12 volt battery off the dock and he misses and it's he falls <laughs> in the water the or he tries to do a hook set and knocks the camera guy into the water yep i know exactly what you're talking about i could not tell you the name though i wish you knew the name because that's funny if somebody wants a good laugh just go look at some of that guy's videos but uh any are you going out this weekend for minnesota opener yep well, assuming that it's not raining all weekend like it currently says it is, I will be out, yes. So what's your, uh, not where are you going, because we don't want to drop that on here, but what are your tactics? What are you going to start with? Um, I'm thinking, I'm assuming that they're going to be up shallow. Um, we went out, we were we were seeing some marks in that 8 to 14 foot range. Um, so I'm guessing they'll be in that area. I'll have a hair jig tied on. I will have a jig in plastic tied on. I'll have a jig and a minnow tied on. How many rods are you using? I have 10 in the boat. <laughs> so, And then uh, I will have some kind of crankbait tied on. That's Is that your uh, evening dusk scenario, going pulling cranks over shallow flats? No, I, I'm going to spend a lot of time casting this year because I... I say it every year that I'm going to try. I'm going to try to cast more and get better at that, and I just always revert back to either trolling cranks or trolling um, 
spinners and bottom bouncers. Um, but this year I'm really going to try to figure out casting, casting for everything, especially when we can, you know, when the fish are up shallow and we can do it. So, yeah. um, casting cranks, casting jigs. I'm hoping that I'm hoping to catch them on cranks or, uh, jigs and plastics, but you know, if it gets down to, uh, bobber and a minnow the old classic of a shiner and a a white can't beat it sometimes jig and a minnow what about you you got any uh we'll probably just throw some wraps and some twister tails and river fishing so a little bit of casting who's going with you um well we're going down to that class reunion oh you are going to that yeah figured we'd try it it's whatever it's 40 bucks but yeah, I it said cost it. you forty bucks. Yeah, you didn't get that. You got. Oh, I got it. I too. just didn't. I saw it was just for like the food. I saw food it was drinks. on fishing opener. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you win something because I'm not going to that either. Yeah, and then yeah, we'll just fish for a little bit and maybe play around a golf. And... I will not be out this weekend. I <laughs> I actually, as of right now, I do not have my first fishing outing planned for this year, which is wow is rare i big time outdoors host guy doesn't go yeah, fishing on opener no, you might as well just stay home no it's it's kezia's birthday we're going down for kezia's birthday it's caitlin's sister she there, listens to these so is there no lakes nearby huh is there no lakes nearby i suppose rivers i could bring where is this where are we going uh down by uh Cocado, minnesota so minnesota's got you know 10, a lake lakes. every 45 steps so tell grant that i'm stealing his boat there's shores all over them lakes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I should. I could just bring my rod with just to be able to say that I was out on opener. Because I've been out on opener for the last, yeah, how old am I now? 25, probably. I remember a God. couple really bad weather days that we were out. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably been 10 years that I've fished on opening day. Crappy weather. And, and that streak is ending. Nine this, of those days weekend. were raining. <laughs> Gotta make a couple casts. The nicest day that we ever had on fishing opener was in Ottertail County on Ottertail Lake, and it was 75 degrees and calm. And that happened one time in the last 10 years. Fishing probably sucked too then. It was actually good. It was really good. Huh. It was so good that Jacob and I got tired of catching 17 to 18 inch while I trying to find stuff bigger, and we never caught another fish. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. That sucks. What do you guys got to close her out with? Uh, good luck to anybody that gets out for opener. Um, I'm, I'm also one of the guys that laughs because we could just go to North Dakota and, and fish, fish there the whole time. It's not the same. It's like catch a holiday. A, you, know, you could catch it a It is like a holiday. There's a difference. You know. Go on Friday, catch a walleye, and then go catch a walleye on Saturday yep. in Minnesota. Pretty much. But, uh, get out if you can. Enjoy it. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Yeah. Hopefully we get some good weather on the weekends and. Good luck to everybody out there. I'm kind of hoping for this week, this summer to last a little longer than last year. I'm excited to get out and fish. Yeah, same for me. Good luck to everybody getting out there this weekend. And uh, Mother Nature is finally starting to play the spring and, and soon it'll be summer game. And uh, four-wheeling season's right around the corner. Trails are set to open here on the 15th. And, uh, yeah, as always, keep an eye out on our instagram facebook uh we should have a few videos coming up on the youtube we're all, we're all caught up now for what we have recorded um and again a merch plug if you guys want sweatshirts t-shirts anything you want uh the link is on our instagram we're actually going to be updating that here within this week 
we're going to take some of the ice fishing stuff off and put some new logos on and probably try and get something on there for our uh our stickers but yeah so as always good luck stay safe out there and uh, until next time we'll get back to you